welcome to another edition of Why Come Japan, the show where I interview creatives about their craft and how it relates to Japan. And today in my show is nobody, because it's all about me, baby. It's 2021, and you know what that means. It's a new year, it's a new me, whatever, you know, maybe you hate the, the saying, but, you know, I really feel like it's important to make plans for the new year. So, I did some. I figured, you know... A couple of years ago, I think it was last year on this podcast, I was saying, you know, don't tell anybody your plans or what you're going to do because, you know, people will hold you accountable to them. Well, as uh, the title states, you know, what's possibly going to happen in 2021? I really feel like it's important to have solid plans. Even if they don't pan out, if they don't make it, it's good to write them down. So I thought small at first. I thought a little bit about the numbers, the following of the show so far. So I'll share them with you. Some of those are uh, on Discord. I currently have 54 members, part of the Discord. On Twitter, I have 666 followers. On YouTube, I have 3,090 subscribers. On Twitch, I've just hit 100 followers. And I currently have five Twitch subscribers. And I currently have four patreon patrons so i figure you know what would be a good way to up these numbers is you know to make a a set realistic goal so for this year i figured it would just be the best thing to do is just to double my numbers by next year and continue making the content that i do having over 100 members in discord 900 followers on twitter three subscribers on youtube 200 followers on twitch 10 patrons on patreon and 20 Twitch subscribers. Now, I realize that I'm really thinking small in terms of my details here because these are very easy and attainable numbers to get. So, I think I was listening to an interview the other day about, it was with the, the CEO of SoftBank. See, Masayoshi Son famously once said that what led to his success was that he thought big. And I really feel like, you know, getting these numbers... The, these small number goals, it's, it's one way, you know, to get a, a start or to, you know, make a goal for yourself. So I figured, you know, another thing I could probably do is, you know, make projections about guests that I would like to have on this show, ones for the possible future. And the ones that I've written down are Retro Gaijin, Kao Shibuya, Eligato, Curly and Kansai, Dogen, Tokidoki Traveler, Ramen Adventures... Kemushi-chan, Zach Davidson, who's famous for making a lot of books on yokai. I have a few of his here. Uh, Gaijin Kuba, Adime Man, and Milky Puff. Now, I feel like uh, because I had the King of Kanto, right? I had Jay and Nick from King of Kanto, and they did an episode on Gaijin Goomba, I may have a little trouble getting both Anime Man or the Gaijin Goomba to do the show because uh, you just mentioned the name King of Kanto and everybody usually groans. Or not everyone. I mean, there's a couple of people who like watching critique videos. I love critique videos and videos or podcasts about it. Um, other guests would possibly be... I mean, I'm, I have no guarantee that any of them would agree to an interview. But uh, but they would definitely fit the Why Come Japan brand, since a lot of the time people I interview are J-vloggers. People like Ryan Boundless. Gary, or however the hell you pronounce his name. Oscar Boyd from... The Deep Dive Japan podcast, and Brian Ashcroft, the journalist here in Japan. Now, those are a few potential guests that I would like to have on this show. I'm not sure if this is like something that will 
I'm not sure if they'd agree to it because a, a lot of the time when asking guests to be on your show, I mean, I mean, with big name people like David Letterman or Stephen Colbert or any of these big talk show hosts, they have PR people who organize all this stuff. For me, what I have to do is I often have to wait for them or wait for the timing because sometimes you can send them some people a polite email and ask them, hey, I really enjoy the content that you make. I'd like to talk about it. And some people are very interested in talking about a book that they've written or a movie they've made or uh, a piece of music that they've created and they really want to talk about it and get the word out. Whereas... Uh, Sometimes when you're asking somebody blind, or if they send you a nice message saying, hey, I really enjoy your podcast, that's always a good time to always ask someone, especially if like they make like a, even like a, the littlest comment, it's always best time to ask them at that time. But uh, another goals, uh, I've been having this show. If you're down in the Discord, you'll know I have the Rad Opinion show. I, w I called it Rad Culture at first. But now I'm calling it Rad Opinions because it makes a little bit more sense to have a show that's... Because basically, it's my opinion. It's my Rad Opinion. Basically, from what my vision of the Rad Opinion show is going to be, is it's going to be video essay, then interview. Video essay, then interview. And it may possibly be a thing where it's just video essay, video essay, video essay. Where essentially, it's just me talking about a property and my opinions on it and how it kind of relates to the world or how I feel it's important to the world if I can get around to making them because a lot of the time it's it's writing essays and then figuring out what I'm going to do with that essay and how I want to portray myself on the internet and mostly a lot of it's just kicking myself to get it to to be finished but maybe the the biggest thing here is I really have to think about how can I sacrifice the quality and still get something up on the internet? Because uh, I may care about the quality, or I may care about how it looks or how it sounds, but probably really nobody cares at the end of the day. Because I've been listening to this long interview with Lauren Lenning, the creator of Oddworld, a game I've been streaming on the internet, and he was saying things like he'd have like these great ideas and these great projects, and he'd put them in the video game, and nobody would care. No one would even notice. So what really ends up mattering is like what you put on the internet, even if it is kind of shitty. You know, due to why come Japan, I've done a lot of interviews with J vloggers and people who are just my friends, and I figured I would like to do more of these interviews, but on like a larger scale, I'd kind of like to do more pop culture interviews with like people from uh, in entertainment, like. For example, the creator of Earthworm Jim, I think I could get on the show because he seems like he's a very gregarious person who loves talking to people of all walks of life. Um, he recently put out a comic book. I have it over here. I'm particularly interested in his right-wing views. A lot of the things he puts into uh, his books and his like video games and things that he's created. Uh, there's a couple of other people, like I'd like to get the creator of Oddworld. I'd like to be able to get an interview with him and talk about what I feel about the game and my opinions about the game. Uh, and there's a couple of other creators I'd also like to interview, but that would have to be through the Rad Opinions brand. Uh, and that's a, just it's a work in progress. That's for 2021. I guess other big goals would be something like taking the JLPT. Uh, 
I talk about this all the time, and I, I ultimately, from what people tell me, is the JLPT doesn't really matter at the end of the day. For anybody who doesn't know what a JLPT is, it's the Japanese Language Placement Test. Uh, there's about five levels. I've never taken any of them. I bet you I could pass three, and that's probably the one I could probably shoot for the best right now. I could probably eventually go for two, and one I hear is just absolutely ridiculous because it's Japanese that the Japanese don't even know. Another thing would be to finish the script for HIV-48, a short film I was planning to shoot a couple of years ago. The reason why I had never finished the script was because I didn't approve of the world that the script had in it. Uh, I feel like, you know, if I'm going to be making a movie, there's a lot of things that, that are involved in making a movie. You have to deal with the actors, you have to deal with the, the locations, you know, the photography people, the, and you also have to deal with scheduling and props, and then after the film's done, then you have to think about how you're going to put music attached to it. And there's a lot that goes into it. So, I mean, I re if I'm going to have a project, I have to have a lot of confidence in the story that I'm telling. So, at, at some point, I will probably get around to writing that script. I mean, that's kind of the goal I'm setting for myself. I don't know if that's thinking big enough, but that's where we're at. And another thing is just read more books. I have a couple of books here that have always been recommended to me, like uh, this one on cinematic motion, learning how to shoot movies things like that, and one that always been constantly recommended to me, but I always seem to fall asleep and I never get around to finishing, is everybody always keeps recommending The Hero with a Thousand Faces with uh, by Joseph Campbell. It's like the quintessential storyteller's book. Everyone always tells me that that's the one I need to read if I want to be a better storyteller, since that's the one that George Lucas read, that Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty read, that a lot of, a lot of these famous entertainment types have read and claim that that's the book that really helped spark and helped them write the franchises and the IP that they're famous for today. So, those are the overall goals. I don't know what other goals I could possibly set for myself. I guess we should probably take a look back at 2020. What kind of year was it? So my YouTube page, 2020 wasn't bad. I mean, I ended the year with King of Kanto, kind of uh, hurt my podcast. Well, maybe did it? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, uh... I think a lot of what having, you know, Nick and Jay from King of Kanto on the podcast did help a bit. I mean, it, it helps spread awareness or, you know, gives people idea of who they are. Cause one problem I'm having with the internet, and I guess I, I'm kind of guilty of this myself, is a lot of people on the internet, they don't really want to do research. <laughs> I would even argue that. Maybe, I, maybe I've said this already, but even like... King of Kanto, like Jay, Jay did a bunch of research on the Chris Okano video, where, or not video, I should say episode, where they critiqued the former CEO or current CEO, wherever the hell he is now, of Tokyo Creative, and they talked about him, and, you know, they critiqued him a little bit, and Jay really did his research on who Chris Okano was, but the other co-hosts, Nick and Cam, weren't very pleased with it. So, which goes to show that we would rather be misinformed than actually have raw information. So, that's the thing. I think the, one of the reasons why you mentioned a name like King of Kant and everybody groans, or not everyone, pe somebody. Like, I, I was interviewing, um, before the end of this year, I was interviewing Okawati TV, and 
Jay from King of Contra shows up in the chat, and everybody just started making very negative comments. I'm not sure. I'd have to like reread some of them to say about what they were. Uh, going back to what I was talking about, yeah, 2020 was not a bad year. I had to- uh, Tokini Andy. That was a fun interview about him becoming a monk. Nampalive was a fun interview. He's a great guy. I highly recommend checking him out. He can get a little uh, racy. Eh, they're not racy. What's the word? He becomes a different person when he, he touches alcohol. But everything else about him is great. He's a real nice guy to talk to. The Jaden Japan girls, the one here for the one of the thumbnail that's a feat. That was a great episode. They're a lot of fun. Highly go recommend checking them out. Then there was Matt Alt, who wrote the book uh, Pure Invention. Great book. You should totally read it. Uh, highly recommend that episode. That was a fun chat. Tomoko Des, we did yoga together. That was uh, embarrassingly fun. Um, then there was the episode with me and John where he asked me about how I should be losing weight. And I'm finding out that that's a much harder thing to do than I expected. I can see why creators like Tokyo Sam have failed all over the years because it's really a lifestyle change. As they say, losing weight is more about diet and it's not about exercise. Uh, so then there's the other one. I'm 25, 25% Japanese and I don't care. That was the one about heritage. Then there's the one, uh, the only the adaptable survive with, uh, the CEO, Phil Smy. Like I said, that, w- that was a fun interview too. Then there's a Matsuwasuke who was really into the million subbed, uh, creator. What's her name? Tenchimu. That was a fun interview. He's a, he's an interesting, fun guy. Then there, of course, is Julian Dominski over at... I've, they called it Dew Tokyo that has some new name now. I forgot what it is. Life in Japan or... It's something a little mundane. I don't know what it is about mundane titles, but like people in Japan love the mundanity of everything. Then I did an episode in the five best Japan podcasts, ones that I like to listen to. I could probably do a follow-up to that one. There's a bunch of other Japan podcasts I've cr- I've currently stumbled across, namely King of Kanto, even though they're really controversial. They're a fun listen, but um, who doesn't like a little controversy, right? Then there's the Red Value, who should be in a... Uh, who I've interviewed again for uh, when I did the post-Tokyo Drew episode. That should be on the channel soon. It should be on there very shortly. Right after this one. That's the way I'm going to schedule all these. Then there's uh, Kiki's COVID-19 test. That's not really an interview. That's more of just a YouTube video we made together that we wanted to show that you could get checked for coronavirus in Japan. For the longest time, it was just it was difficult to get checked for coronavirus. And it didn't do so well. As you see, it's still sitting at 174 views. But c'est la vie. You never know it's going to be popular. Maybe I need to be more like Oriental Pearl and do shock videos. We're like, say, guess what I can do? I can play the Slinky, and they never knew it. Ha ha! <laughs> no, no, uh, for context, Oriental Pearl makes videos where she tries to surprise people that she speaks Chinese and Japanese. And uh, I guess she really knows how to get them views. Because if you look at these views, a lot of people, the way they want to... 
I, I, what's the word? They want to they they want to look down upon me. They want to patronize me. The most patronizing thing that I find when I show pe showcase off my channel to them, they often say, "Well, these have very low views," and almost like that's bad quality. Like view count equals quality, I guess, to some people. So moving on, the rest of the year also included I interviewed an ex Mormon turned host, John. Uh, Jay Rudd, however, I'm not sure what alias he wants to use right now. He always changes his alias. But that was a fun interview. I talked about how I was formerly a Mormon and how he became a host. And we talk about host culture. Great interview. Go listen to that one. Then there's the one with Scott, Unrested. That was a good one as well. We talked about how he put together his school. If you're ever interested in building a school in Japan, I recommend that one. And then I also talked to Mike from Apocalypse 34, who's been on YouTube forever. You know, mostly making videos about metal and coming to Japan. That was an interview that was good for people who are interested in metal and things that are related to Japan. Then I guess I can't. I have to talk about Daniel Rattan of the the one I titled "30 Years of Acting for Seven Seconds of Fame." The I like the Swate guy from McDonald's. That was a fun one, where he uh, shows me how sexually promiscuous he is with his wife. Uh, yeah, that, that was entertaining. I, I recommend you see it. He, he's got a lot of energy. And he's if you go over and watch some of his YouTube videos, he's very, very cringe. I'm not saying I'm not cringe, but I mean, because I really feel like cringe is something that, you know, that's not up for somebody to decide. I mean, maybe you can watch depictions of yourself later and you can cringe at it and you could say it's cringe, but like when you're in the moment, you can't, I don't think it's fair to say that uh, you are being, I guess you could be cringe. Yeah, the next one is Japandi Jones. He gave up everything to be a Twitch streamer. Japandi Jones, his Twitch uh, streams have just blown up. I think it's mostly because he knows a bunch of other streamers that have been on his stream, which has really helped him. Particularly, I'm Jasmine and a couple of others who really helped him grow. So that's definitely an episode worth checking out. I mean, I still like Japandi. I, every time I message him, he's always just too busy. I think he has too many things to do. I'd like to have him on the show again to talk about making Twitch streams and becoming a partner. And, you know, just his overall journey because he's grown so much just this last year. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Then, of course, there's Hiko Simon explained, like, the, the Tokyo lockdown, the lockdown for coronavirus. We went into detail about that. It's always good to have Hiko Simon on the show to clear up any legal mumbo-jumbo that I don't understand. or like Because a lot of the times I run into problems here in Japan, and I'm, I'm often questioning what are the rules behind everything. Because, like, once living in the U.S., I'm pretty familiar with what my rights are. I mean, I've taken American government classes, and so I have a pretty rough idea about what my rights are and where I can go and figure out more information or find information about uh, things about my my quote-unquote rights. Whereas Japan, I mean, I could obviously do my research and try to figure out what certain things mean, but there always is a nuance to a lot of the rules and everything. And according to like what Hiko Simon always says is that the rules are always very... Um, it's very common sense type of rules. But yeah, I'd like to have him on the show again to talk about streaming in particularly, particularly IRL streaming. Then I did a solo episode about lockdown coming. That was a fun one. 
get a little political. Hope you don't mind. I don't really particularly like talking about politics because uh, it's hard to stay very uh, bipartisan when you're talking about it. Um, of course, you know, I, I make a decision about who I'm voting for. I, I, I do it all the time. But I always want to, the way I'm going to always portray myself on the internet is always going to be as bipartisan as I possibly can. Uh, moving on, Tokyo Sam. He helped organize and put together this entire setup. So I guess I got to thank him for that. So I interviewed him. I wanted to see what his life was like post being with the Rocka Rocka Boys and going to California. And we talked about that a little bit. Dating in Japan, that's about Kiki and I. And about how we met and, you know, how I basically my life story about wh how you should date in Japan and tips and tricks, that sort of thing. Chris Midday, a friend of mine back in the U.S. This is not really a Why Come Japan episode. This is kind of why I started the Rad Opinion Show or trying to start it. Because a lot with him is that he mostly does poetry in the U.S. and it's not really related to Japan. But, which is also a fun interview because I always like talking to him because I grew up with him in high school. Then, of course, I did another solo episode called Making Movies in Japan where I talked about trying to make another film, but I'm not sure if that's going to become a thing or something that's going to happen. I feel like it's good to have a real good solid script before anything, you know, quote-unquote happens so I have all the confidence and I can tell people what it is I'm trying to do. Of course, I could always bullshit my entire way through it, like some people do. Like, I've heard, like, the creator, I think it was the creator of Lost, who bullshitted his way through the entire show. <laughs> and, like, whoever who talks about the legacy of Lost? Lost is always going to be that show where it's like, uh, I, I felt cheated by the ending. The same thing with, like, uh, what's the other one that everybody hated? The ending. Like Game of Thrones, everybody hated the Game of Thrones ending because, well, there wasn't enough books to supply a better plot or a better story, and that's always going to be remembered for having a shitty ending. So I feel like it's always good to ha have be behind a project, an IP that you, you can really speak confident about, and sure, you're always going to have to make con uh, sacrifices for... Um, due to the variables that happen during production from based upon what I've read by Stanley Kubrick when he made his films that you'll never be able to perfect it just never there'll always be like some new problem that'll happen like whether it's about weather or time or acting or editing or whatever it is yeah and then moving on uh there was Brandon Leone who was the wrestler or former wrestler. He still does Twitch streams every now and then. He's back in California. He's trying to make it back to Japan. He's always a fun to talk to. He's pretty chill. So that that's a good interview if you're interested in MMA, mixed martial arts. Highly recommend it. Then uh, BLK UNK. What a crazy motherfucking guy. Uh, and I still live by this title. It's not just clickbait. It is my craziest interview so far. I don't think I'll ever do anything as crazy as that one. And he's a lot of fun to talk to, and he has a lot of ideas. But, yeah, go check that one out if you like hearing people with crazy ideas. And, of course, I mean, the best interview I did the entire year, the one that gets me the most views, is, of course, the Broad in Japan. 
getting abroad in Japan was like almost like it felt like winning the lottery in a way, like in terms of getting guests. I mean, I mean, I think the timing is right because I had a friend, a couple of friends who knew him, and you know, of course, they could push my name and get an interview with him with me. And you know, and I really, I mean, a lot of King of Kanto is not particularly interested in his types of content. Uh, I, I guess the main complaint that they often make on their show is is that there's a lot of generic content about Japan, like very, very generic. And yeah, I would say that a lot of the stuff he talks about is not particularly edgy or um, challenging of a watch. It's mostly kind of very mundane stuff like, I went and ate steak in Kobe. It was great. But imagine if you ever had, if you're eating steak in Kobe and it's not like a handheld thing where like you have like a drone shot, you have a tracking shot, you have a voiceover, you have music, you know, it's a very high production value. And he puts a lot of time and effort into those videos. And of course it shows, you know, his view count is just, it's amazing. It's really good. People like his kind of videos. I mean, I appreciate him for what he does. Uh, you know, if it was just somebody like <laughs> Tokyo Drew, you know, someone who, uh, you know, just runs around with a camera streaming. I mean, I'm not saying I don't do that. I do that myself, but I'm not making a thing out of it. Uh, you know, uh, he. it's good to have production behind it. That's all I'm going to say. And, of course, it made my <laughs> obligatory, or I even say that word right, my, my video about the coronavirus that I did with the Andy Son. That was basically my first video of 2020. And that's where the buck stops. There's other ones they recorded. I did one on Carlos Ghosn, but I never posted it because it was the timing was wrong. And there's a couple of other videos I never got around to posting because I just didn't feel the confidence in posting them. Yeah, that's basically 2020 in a nutshell. That's the uh, every one I had. I think every year I always have one big guest. 2020 was Chris Broad. 2019 was Mark Cavazos. Uh, 2018 was Cooney. So let's see what 2021 has in store for us. Let's see if there's any one big guest that can make it onto the show. Uh, I'm hoping either for Kaho Shibuya or maybe Anime Man. We'll see. Um, we'll see how much the King of Kanto podcast has really tainted me. Uh, I think really with the best way to get guests for this show is just... Sometimes the I mean that this sounds awful because it makes it sound like incredibly lazy, but just sitting and waiting, releasing content, keep moving, and just wait for people to respond. So, um, until then, I'm Radri, and Jesus, man. Yung.